give the band a hand. They did a great job, as always. It's good to be back with you. I was away last week. Darby and I were away. So it's good to be back. Let me find my passage here real quick. Oh, that's okay. So we've been talking about how to find your purpose, the reason that you are alive. And every day we meet people, right? We encounter people in our workplaces, in our homes, in our everyday lives. We're just constantly encountering people. There's people at the bus stop, at the train stop. There's people surrounding us all the time. And I think that people reveal our purpose. I don't think it's accidental, the people that you meet and the people that you encounter. I think that God uses them to help show you what he wants you to do. I think he strategically places people around you to help you know your purpose. Now, just to back up a little bit, as a reminder, remember we said that strengths reveal our purpose. God has given us certain talents and abilities. Uh, God has given us a passion for something that's broken, something that's needful in the world. That reveals our purpose. And people also reveal our purpose. I think that God strategically places people who are living out your purpose or talking about your purpose or people who are giving insight about your purpose. And it's not by accident that these people come into your life. I think it's strategically by design. God sets up uh, encounters with people to help you know why he created you, why you exist and what he wants you to do. Now, the Bible tells us that all of us were made in God's image. And that doesn't mean that God looks like, you know, he has a nose or a face. The Bible says God is a spirit. And we could really unpack what it means to be made in God's image. It's a huge, complicated idea. And I think it's multifaceted in what it means. But part of that means is that human beings reveal God's glory. There's something about human beings that are like God enough that he uses them to reveal his glory, to reveal some of his design. And it's interesting, if you think about it, God usually uses people to deliver his message to people. If you look back across time, we have the Bible, God's message to humanity, and it was written by men as they were inspired by God and moved by the Holy Spirit to write. And so God used men to communicate his message. If you look at the Old Testament, God used prophets. He used human beings to communicate his message to people. In the New Testament, he uses apostles and teachers and pastors to communicate his message to people. God seems to strategically communicate his message to human beings through other human beings. And we have the examples that I named in that, and we can probably think of examples in our own life. Perhaps the greatest example, right, of God communicating his message to humans is through Jesus. He could have sent um, a giant animal. You know, Jesus could have come as a giant lion and said, this is the message of God. But he sent the message of God through Jesus, the person of God, in the image of mankind. And so I say all that to say that God uses people to communicate his message, and that's not an uncommon idea, and we shouldn't be surprised when God uses people to deliver his message to us. We know the message of Jesus, right? It's the gospel, the good news, the fact that Jesus Christ came into the world not to condemn the world, but to rescue the world. And God didn't write that message in the sky. He didn't send angels to tell that message. He sent Jesus in the form of a human being, and then he sends us to share that message. And so there's a really curious verse in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Hebrews 13, 2 says this, Don't neglect to show hospitality 
For by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. And we're going to break this down and talk about this in a little bit. But I think it's a good reminder to us that sometimes people unexpectedly bring us or show us our purpose. First of all, he says, don't forget. I think most of the time as humans, we don't intentionally do something wrong. We just forget to do something right. We have a tendency as humans to be forgetful. Memorial Day is coming up tomorrow. Memorial Day is a day to remember. Why? Because our tendency is to forget. Our tendency is to take for granted. And that same thing happens in our Christian life. We forget to show hospitality to people because we get focused on what's going on with us or what's going on in our world or the stress or the issues or the problems. And we forget to show a little bit of kindness to the person next to us. And so the writer of Hebrews says, don't forget to be kind to the people around you. And he says to show hospitality to them. The early Christian church was defined by their uh, the hospitality, the kindness, the, the welcoming in of strangers that they showed to other people. And I think most of us assume we're very hospitable people because we're really good at showing kindness to people who look like us or act like us or believe like us. But to be truly hospitable is to welcome everyone in and to welcome in people who don't act like us or look like us or believe like us and to show them kindness. Um, he says here to welcome in and show hospitality to strangers. We're really good at usually showing hospitality to friends and to family and people we like and people who look like us, but we're not so good at doing it to strangers. In fact, when most of us were kids, we were probably told by our parents, like, stranger danger. You know, like, don't talk to a stranger. Stay away from strangers. And uh, my parents had me so paranoid as a kid. You know, anytime I saw a van with tinted windows, I was like, oh, man, that's a child catcher right there. And so my sister and I, we would hide. Like anytime we saw a van go through the neighborhood and we'd, we'd like run and hide in our fort because we're like, that's a child catcher right there. It's a stranger, you know, it's dangerous. And I think sometimes what we do is we unintentionally avoid the message of God as he's trying to reveal our purpose to us because we're not willing to talk to the person across the fence next door to us or we're not willing to walk across the street and talk to somebody or talk to somebody on the bus or on the airplane. And I get it, I'm an introvert. And so I get into a crowded space, and I'm like, I don't want to talk to any of these people. I want to go into a cocoon and be safe. You know, if I have a hoodie, I want to pull it up tight so you can just see my little eyeballs sticking out so that I'm safe from everybody. But when we do that, we unconsciously choose to ignore the message that God might want to share with us. I think many times on the lips of the strangers around us is a message from God about our purpose, why we're here, and why we exist. And so then we get to the next word, and this is the word you're probably curious about as soon as I read the verse, right? It says, by doing this, by showing hospitality to strangers, some people have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. So Alex, is he, is he talking about angels? There's two approaches to interpreting this verse here. One is that these are celestial beings, messengers from God, and the other is that they are simply people who have the message of God. The Greek word, you have it up there, is agelos. And that literally means messenger, one who has a message from God. So how do we know how to interpret it? Well, we look at the context because it can be used both for celestial beings and it can be used for everyday human beings. In the book of Revelation, if you look at Revelation chapter 2 and 3, it's a letter written by John who is writing to the angels of each of these major churches. And so there's a discussion. Is he writing to the pastor or the messenger to these churches? Or is he writing to some celestial beings? And so as it's interpreted in scripture, it's always interpreted by context because it can mean either. 
And so, for instance, we have that same thing in English, right? If I say, I have moles in my front yard, you would say, oh, he has a furry little creature that's burrowing and digging tunnels. If I said I have moles on my face, you would say, oh, he has some blotches, some spots on his face. He has some pigmentation in his skin, and you would understand. But if I said I have a mole problem, you wouldn't know whether to call an exterminator or a dermatologist, right? We have to know from the context. So this is one of these verses where it's not clear what he's talking about. If he's talking about a celestial being that looks like a human and we don't even recognize, or whether or not he's talking about the human beings all around us. But I think either way, the principle is the same. There's people who have a message from God all around us, and our tendency is to ignore it and to circle ourselves into our own little bubble and not engage the people around us. And so I want to just share, I thought it would be helpful to share about some of the people who have impacted my life and my journey. And maybe this will help you think about some of the people who have impacted you and stay awake and uh, aware of some of the people who can impact you in the future. Uh, the first person is when I was in college, a freshman in college, and there was this guy at my church, his name was Jeremy Cardwell, and he was teaching this college class. And he came up to me and he says, Alex, do you want to teach the class one week? And I was like, no, I do not want to teach it. And he goes, you're going to teach it. And he says, prepare something and do it. And so I was real shy and awkward, but I prepared something. And I got up there and started teaching and ended up taking up two weeks because I prepared all this. I was so excited about doing it. And this was somebody who saw potential in me and gave me an opportunity when really there was no, I don't know how he saw any potential in me at the time or the place I was. Then I went away to college, and there was the head of the English department, a guy by the name of Dr. Robert Miller, and uh, he would invite me into his office, and he would just sit and let me talk, and uh, he would just ask probing questions, and he started introducing me to writers and thinkers and philosophers, and I was struggling with, how do I know I can trust the Bible? How do I know there's really a God? How do I know what's really real? And this was a professor who just didn't say, here's what you need to believe, but he actually wrestled through things. And as I asked questions, he'd say, yeah, but have you considered this? And he'd ask me all these questions. And he just invested time. He was the head of an English department at college. He had better things to do than to let a, you know, a wild-eyed college student in and just talk to him for a couple hours a week. And I remember he said to me, he said, Alex, you're not going to have a typical life journey. He says, I see an un usual life journey for you because of the way that you think and the questions that you ask. And I thought, I'm just a normal college student. And he says, no, 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 you're going to have an abnormal life trajectory. And that, that made me think, man, maybe, maybe God's going to use me in something. Maybe it's going to be something unexpected. So I graduated college and I started attending this church and there was a uh, there was a guy teaching the young adult class and I started going to it. And he walked in the first week in overalls and he had a like a plaid shirt on underneath. And he goes, I'm a chicken farmer. My name is Rusty Grant, and I've never read any book in my entire life except the Bible. And I thought, this guy doesn't know anything. I'm a college graduate. I'm smart. This guy has nothing to teach me. But what I found out was he really knew the Bible, and he was very humble, and he started to challenge me. And it was in his living room for the first time that I felt God say, hey, I want you to be a preacher. And you say, what was that like? Was that an audible voice? No, it was just this moment where I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. But something's telling me and compelling me to do it. And then the pastor of the church I was attending, Dr. David Haynes, he started investing in me. He says, okay, you want to preach? I'm going to take time out every Wednesday. I'd get off of work. I'd drive to his office, sit down with him, and he'd spend an hour. And he says, this is what you need to know as a preacher. 
This is what you need to know as a pastor. And he started to invest in me. And then I met a man by the name of Mark Mowry, who uh, he started to challenge me because I was wrestling with some things. I'm like, why does the church look like this? Why do we do some of these things? Why do we waste money here or time here? Or why do we do these things? And uh, he started introducing me to some authors that I hadn't read. And he really just gave me this statement. There were lots of things we disagreed on. But I love this one statement. He, he told me, he says, church doesn't have to look like what you've always seen it look like. And I remember that captured my imagination as I had these conversations uh, with him. Then, um, you know, I'm skipping lots of men and women who invested in me and gave me opportunities in between. But I encountered Darby and I decided, like, uh, I started reading this guy named Mark Batterson. And he had started a church in Washington, D.C. And I started reading his books and I was like, maybe this is what God wants me to do. He's somebody who didn't even know my name, but I started reading his stuff, and he, he was unconsciously investing in me and impacting me. And then I started thinking, so what do you do to start a church? Do you just move and get started? Like, what does that look like? And, and Darby was working for the North American Mission Board, and she says, it is this thing called the Scent Network, and they help people get started and help them uh, plant churches, and you don't have to do it on your own. And I was like, oh, awesome. And so she made this connection for me and helped me on that journey. And like I said, there's many more names, but these are just some of the people who maybe sometimes they just said a phrase that impacted me and stuck with me in my mind. Sometimes they invested time in me or gave me opportunities, but we all have these people surrounding us on our journey. And so as we think about how do we recognize if this is someone who has a message for me from God, I think the first thing we have to recognize is if someone gives you a message from God— it's never going to contradict what God said in his word. If somebody says to you, you should now start worshiping giraffes. And you'd be like, ah, I just don't see that in the Bible. It's just to worship Jesus only. He's the one and only God, the only way to be saved. You would say, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. Um, but if someone says something and it aligns with scripture and it resonates with your heart, it may be a message about your purpose. And here's some of the things that I think you should watch for as you encounter people. If someone shows up from your past unexpectedly, that may be a situation that God has orchestrated to give you a message about your purpose. Now, after I graduated uh, college, I didn't have a lot of dates. I was single, and, you know, I've talked about this in our relationship study, but I was not very good at dating. And I remember I encountered this girl that I had uh, gone to a Bible study with in college, and we met – We just ran into each other unexpectedly at a store, and she started talking about just some of her struggles with church and how she just wished church could be different and some of her uh, just questions and concerns about it. And I always thought if you unexpectedly encountered a girl as a single guy, that meant God was bringing you together to date her, right? That was always my solution. I was like, that's what God wants. I didn't realize the encounter was actually she was talking about frustration she had about church. And that was supposed to tie in with what God was leading me to do. But I was like, maybe God wants me to date this girl. You know, I encountered this girl unexpectedly. Um, most of the time, and we've talked about this before, your purpose is bigger than your relationship status, right? God's trying to tell you about why you exist as a person. And that's bigger than whether or not you're dating someone. But if you encounter someone unexpectedly from your past, listen, God may have a message for you through them. If you have someone who invests time in you, listen, God may be using them to share a message from him with you. If you have someone who shares wisdom with you or criticism, listen up, that may be a message from God. 
Usually when someone shares criticism with me, I usually get criticisms in threes, and they usually all three align, and I go, huh, this is definitely something God's trying to tell me. If you have an unusual meeting, you know, you have a situation where you're like, it's just so weird that I got stuck on the elevator with this person, and, you know, we're waiting for the fire department to come. That's not by accident. I feel like the longer I live, the less I believe in coincidences. The more I believe in God's sovereignty, that he's working things together, and he's using encounters with people to help us recognize and embrace our purpose. And people you see repeatedly, if you keep seeing the same person day after day after day, it may be a sign that God wants you to engage with them because they have a message for you from God. So as you encounter people in these scenarios, you know, people from your past or people who invest time or an unusual meeting, here's the things you should be watching for. Here's the red flags you should be listening for as you have an encounter with somebody. Where are people from? If you keep meeting people from Uganda, um, then maybe God has something for you to do with the people of Uganda. You know, if you keep meeting people from Detroit, you might say, maybe God has something where he wants me to serve or help or meet a need with these people. Um, if people are saying the same thing, if you keep hearing the same thing from other people, that could be a sign that God is trying to communicate to you a purpose. You know, if you run into a person from your past and they say, hey, I've been really passionate about uh, getting clean drinking water to these people. And then you encounter somebody at work and they say, you know what, I've been really passionate about some of these initiatives to reach people with clean drinking water. That's not a coincidence. That's God beginning to shape and guide and push you towards your purpose. And then number three, think about what common needs the people encounter you have. If you keep meeting people who are single parents, Maybe God wants you to help them in some way. If you keep meeting people who have cancer and are going through treatment, maybe God wants you to meet that need. If you keep encountering people who have a similar struggle, maybe God wants you to meet that need. It's not an accident. It's not by mistake. It's by design. Now, up to this point, we've all talked about the message that people might have for us as we encounter the people around us every single day. But... The people around us, we could have a message for them from God as well. And we have a responsibility to help people find their purpose. Because remember, the center of your purpose isn't you. The center of your purpose is God's glory and other people's good. And so that means the people that you encounter unexpectedly and the people you encounter every day, you have an opportunity to help them find their purpose as well. See, when we speak to the potential in people... We help reveal their purpose. When we speak to the potential in people, we help reveal their purpose. And I think back to some of these people who invested in my life, and as they saw potential in me I didn't see in myself, they helped me find the purpose to which God had called me. And sometimes I think that they were just blind or they were crazy, and then years later I was like, man, look where I am and how what they said helped get me there. And we have that same responsibility and that same opportunity as we encounter people all around us every day. And so the first thing when you think about what do you need to do to help other people recognize their purpose as you encounter people every day is see potential in people. We're usually really good at seeing what people aren't good at, right? We live in a culture of complaining and criticism. We're really good at saying, man, they're not as good at that as they should be. I wish they were better at this, or man, they're not where they should be on this. Instead, see the potential in people, what people could do, and what they could be. 
As you recognize the potential in people, they'll begin to embrace their purpose and grow towards it. Number two, give people opportunities. Our tendency is to give people opportunities once they've earned them, but if we give people opportunities, it helps them grow to a point where they earn it. People give me opportunities when I didn't deserve opportunities. They gave me opportunities uh, to speak and to teach, and these things actually furthered my purpose, helped me recognize it and embrace it and race towards it. Number three, inspire and encourage people. We inspire people by the way that we live and act. If you're living out your purpose, you inspire other people to find their purpose. But if you encourage people, it's amazing how an encouraging word can be held onto into someone's mind or life where they go back to it years later and think, this person encouraged me on a hard day and it helped inspire me to be who God called me to be. And number four, invest time in people. Uh, take time to invest in people. Our tendency, and this is very much our humanistic leadership tendency, right? We invest time in people where we think it's worth it. But if you invest time in anyone, it will help them find their God-given purpose and recognize why they're alive, why they're here, and what God wants to do in them and through them. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for the challenge that the people who are around us aren't here by accident or mistake. Lord, you've built relationships into our lives. You put us into certain family situations, certain uh, neighborhoods, and certain communities and workplaces, not only so that people around us can help us recognize our purpose, but so that we can help them recognize their purpose. God, I pray that you will make us faithful people who live and love like you do and help other people recognize that you love them and have a plan and a purpose for their life. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.